Hey everyone, so this is actually a re-release of my testimony and the reason I'm doing this is because one, I woke up this morning and tested positive for COVID so I am in no shape to do any interviews or anything that has to do with editing at the moment and two, I feel like... I really need to focus in the month of February of just doing interviews and getting that done. So in March, I will have a bunch of episodes that are ready to go and I'm not feeling like every week I'm catching up and in rushing things. So I'm going to be re-releasing some of my earlier episodes in the month of February and uh, working really hard on getting interviews out and done correctly. So that is kind of what my plans are right now. I have some really great opportunities as far as equipment goes in the future and I really want to focus on getting that done as well in February. And then next week I will re-release some of the earlier episodes that I've done. So thank you. I really appreciate all the support I've been getting. It means so much. I want to continue this like I said before, but I really want to make sure I have good quality episodes coming out and focusing on interviews. So that's going to be my schedule for February. And if you enjoy this podcast, I love it if you would share with your friends and family. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review and that helps the podcast reach many, many people. So that would be a huge, huge blessing for me if you can do that. And thank you again for all the support. And I will be back next week with an earlier episode. Has Jesus transformed your life? If he has, then I want to share your story. My name is Kelly and I'm a new Christian who has been through a full heart change recently since I truly accepted the gospel. A huge part of my faith transformation was hearing others' testimonies. Now here I am, ready to share yours and keep the good news spreading. On this podcast, I will read your submitted stories and have you on to share them yourself. My goal is to give back in hopes it helps others grow in their faith. Welcome to Tell Me Your Testimony. This is the first episode, and I thought I'd start this podcast off with telling you guys um, my testimony. So that is what this episode is going to be, and I figured, you know, if I'm asking for you guys to tell me your story, what better way to make you feel comfortable doing that and, you know, just sitting here and telling you mine. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. Okay, so I am going to start off with um, back in my childhood, and I'm just going to kind of go through my relationship with God and how that's changed over the years and kind of where it's led me to be today. Probably one of my earliest memories of God and Jesus, I was probably around five years old, and I remember having this little prayer storybook. And I would draw on the back and I would draw like little angels and, you know, I'd write, oh, great is our God, totally misspelled by the way. And I mean, I had this total innocent knowing and loving of him. I never questioned it. I just knew God was real. I loved him and he loved me. That was that. 
And I remember probably around 10 years old, I was riding my bike and I just remember being in such awe of God's beauty. Looking around, I could see like bugs, birds, even like little cactus and trees. And I was just so amazed about this world and what he's created. And I just remember saying to him, (laughs) riding my bike, I love you, God. Thank you for the trees and the bugs and the birds and all of that. And I just so meant it. And I remember also telling him, you know, I know I'm not a great kid. (laughs) I make mistakes. I lie. I do all that. But I really want you to forgive me for anything that I do. And you know that I love you and I'm truly sorry. And that was the closest I felt to him probably up until now. Um, after that, you know, life kind of got in the middle of us and definitely drew a big wedge on my end. He was never, never, ever without fail trying to pursue me, but I was the one running away. So as, as I grew up a little bit more, um, you know, I would go to church. I did like Awanas and that kind of thing. And I actually did get baptized But I wanted to do it for, like, the party afterward or people were just, you know, getting baptized because it was the cool thing to do. And I just, I wanted to do it, but I didn't fully understand what that meant. You know, I I believed in God, but I didn't understand what the gospel meant truly. And I think that's why I was so confused. So after I was baptized... um, you know, like middle school years, I got in with the wrong crowds, was listening to the wrong music, um, you know, starting to love worldly things and started to chase after those things, just not really caring, trying to be the popular kid. I was definitely not popular, but I was trying to be, I, that was my focus. My focus was never on God or Jesus or pursuing that. It was always on worldly things. You know, I was kind of a rebel. I grew up in a house where my parents worked. I was kind of an only child. I had older sisters that were out of the house, but I was alone a lot. I was kind of like the stereotypical latchkey kid. And I would leave an empty house and I would come home to an empty house. So there was a lot of probably some emotional needs that weren't being met. And, you know, my parents did work really hard, so I'm not, like, blaming them, but I, looking back now, I can see that there was a lot of needs that were met in that way. So I was trying to seek that in other ways with, you know, other kids, um, you know, that was in the 90s, early 2000s, so the internet was starting to boom, and it was the wild, wild west when it came to the internet, and I was trying to, like, make friends, quote, unquote, on the internet, uh, not a good idea. And, you know, uh, looking back now, it just cringes me to think about some of the people I was speaking with, but, um, I was seeking love in other ways at a very young age. And, you know, I, I rebelled against my parents. I didn't listen to them. I was lying. I, you know, I was not a good kid. And, you know, I can see that now. I, I wish I was more obedient, but I had that rebel spirit 
and I just wanted to do my own thing and figure it out my own way. And I definitely, definitely was alone in seeking attention. Uh, my first year of high school, I actually moved to a town that was pretty far away, completely different type of area, and didn't know anybody, completely scared, totally a socially awkward kid. And this high school was pretty much like a brand new slate for me to kind of have a new identity or find my identity. (laughs) So when I started my freshman year, I was just so alone. It was like just being dropped off in a new place, not knowing anybody, not knowing that direction, who you want to talk to, what friends are trustworthy. And it was kind of a difficult time for me to really figure out who and what I wanted to be. Those four years definitely were a huge way for me to learn what not to do. Looking back, I did a lot of things I didn't want. I really should not have done. So again, I continued to chase worldly things, music, boys, makeup. You know, I wear makeup today, but I'm just saying, like, my looks were super important. I was trying to make new friends, party. I... (laughs) I had um, some more, like, bad crowds that I was hanging out with, and unfortunately, I did a lot of partying and drinking in those years. It was was not good. I was seeking the attention and the love from all the wrong places. Uh, I did have one really shining point in my high school career. I had a really, really great friend. She was so, so much of what I needed. She was not from where I'm from. Uh, she, she loved Jesus and she was such a good role model for me. I wish I would have had more friends like her. Uh, she brought me to her church. We had just the best time, the best communication, best conversations. And looking back, I really wish I would have kept in better contact with her and I wish I would have had more friends like her because unfortunately we did drift apart she moved and other things happened but I think it was God bringing her into my life to kind of like reappear like hey here I am you should be pursuing me (laughs) Um, because when I was around her it was just such a beautiful piece and I really think that was him trying to get me back but I was stubborn and did not pursue him at all. So this was 2007. Um, I graduated high school in 2006, so 2007, I was in a dental assisting program. I was about to um, graduate and start working. I was also dating someone that was about seven years older than me, and This was also the time when my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer. Wow, that that year was really hard. I I was just about to finish school. He had been diagnosed probably two months, and I was there when he passed away. I remember seeing him reach out, and he held my hand before and after he passed. I was holding his hand, but he did reach out without moving uh, for a long period of time 
kind of like in a coma state. But looking back now, I know he was reaching out to Jesus and that kind of gives me hope now. But at the time I was almost 19 years old and I didn't really know what to think. I felt like this isn't happening. This is, uh, this is, this isn't real. And that's how I dealt with it for a long time. I, I went back to my extern job the day after. I went to my sister's wedding the weekend after. And I drank a whole lot because I didn't want to feel anything. And that was basically how my life was um, probably until 2010. I didn't want to feel anything. I didn't want to deal with my problems. I was partying. I was doing all these self-destructive things. I wasn't seeking him. And the whole time I really should have been, but I didn't. I ran so far the other direction. I moved into a house um, with a bunch of people. This whole house, you could have watched it on Big Brother and loved every episode because it was just drama every single day. Lots of partying, lots of drinking. It was just a toxic place to be and I was in it. I was in it until... 2010 and in 2010 I met my husband um well he wasn't my husband then but we started dating and <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I actually saw him in person I just knew and I was scared I knew he was going to change my life I knew he was going to be that person for me and at that time I wasn't looking I was just kind of like I'm single I'm going to do me I don't need a man that whole thing but as soon as I saw him I knew that he was my future and it honestly scared me because <laughs> I didn't feel like I deserved that actually got married in 2011 so I was 23 I was pretty young and uh, you know we had a we had a pretty rough start to our marriage I had a lot of baggage on me. I had a lot, all of this emotional distress, all of these horrible habits, the self-destructive ways, all of that he took on with me. And, you know, he had some stuff too. So our first few years of marriage, we really struggled to try to learn and know each other just because we didn't really have a long time to get to know each other while dating. He was always a believer, and that was one of the things that was so captivating and so different from anyone else that I had been with. You know, he, he's not perfect, but he had that about him, and he has this wonderful family behind him, too, that just loves God, and they have been such an amazing support for us throughout the years. So I literally won the lottery when I met him and his family who absolutely love Jesus. And I am so, so grateful for all of them and especially him having to put up with all of my stuff that I've had throughout the years. Putting up with how like crazy and off my thinking was and it's just, I just love him so much for that. And oh, yeah, we have been for 10 years in December will be 10 years so um so those early parts of marriage they were they were a little crazy and 
just a lot of adjustments, you know. We actually try to go to different churches, and every time I go to a church, I didn't get it. You know, I would sit there and I'd listen to the sermons and myself Christian, but I didn't get it. Like, I never wanted to sing. I never wanted to sing any worship songs. I I just felt awkward in some way. I didn't want to talk to anybody. We would, like, kind of duck out after the message was over and then we wouldn't talk to anybody. So we did that for a few years. You know, we had to move a few different places. So we never found a church home. And I always thought and blamed it on that church or whatever church we were going to. But the actual issue was me. <laughs> I didn't have a full heart change. I I wasn't um, where I needed to be. I didn't fully trust in the Bible. I didn't fully trust in what the gospel meant. Um, so yeah, I never really wanted to associate with that. I was still a very worldly person. I was very... Uh, selfish and very cold. Um, I didn't want to warm up to people. I was very, I would say I was shy and introverted. I never put the effort first to, you know, be that person to help. My heart was still very much stone in that way. Going to kind of move on a little bit. So we were married, probably it was like about six years, and I became pregnant with our first daughter. And (laughs) I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of stress just from life, never dealing with my problems. And then I, you know, we were very excited. We were very happy about having a baby. And that was something that we really wanted. Uh, We had struggled with it because I had a food issue for a long time where I idolized food and I would use food as my coping mechanism and that was always a problem probably since I was a kid um so I was very very like obese and it actually caused issues with me um having kids so I had lost some weight at this point and I was able to get pregnant. So we were super excited. She came in December of 2017. I was a ball of nerves the last trimester and then just beyond that. I was super, super anxious about anyone touching her, holding her. I was like OCD with cleaning and... um. I was struggling, and I didn't know at the time, but I was actually struggling with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, and probably prenatal of that as well, but that wasn't officially diagnosed, so it took me a while to get that situated. It was a very, very hard and dark time. I was very closed off, very lonely, felt this heavy, heavy blanket on me all the time I was like I should be happy I wanted a baby and I have her and now I'm even more miserable than I was before what is going on I really struggled adapting to that new change and I never trusted God like I should have been doing my whole life but I thought I could do it on my own I could figure it out I could get help from someone else And yes, I did get some therapy and help, and eventually that that did help some. Then (laughs) 
I was still holding on to a lot of anger and a lot of trust issues and all of these problems, they never went away. And then 2019 happened and I became pregnant with our second daughter and I was super excited and I wasn't as nervous. I was a little bit more confident because, hey, I can change a diaper. I've gotten through that and I was a new stay-at-home mom after my first daughter. I should have mentioned that. I went from dental assisting to being a stay-at-home mom, which was another huge adjustment. And this time, I was like, I got this. You know, maybe I'll have some postpartum, but I will watch out for it. So, (laughs) she was due in May of 2020, and we all know what happened in March of 2020. And I spiraled out of control. My anxiety went off the shelf. Just, I was scared to even leave my house. So, when people were saying that they were locked down, we were really locked down. We did not go out for anything. The only thing I left the house for was for my doctor appointment. I was literally like on a house arrest for that whole year. And all I did was consume the news. So I was a mess. And I was so panicked and so scared about delivering and how to deal with life. Looking back, we were very, very lucky. We didn't have any issues with that sickness or anything. Um, So I am very grateful for that. But mentally, it did take a toll on my pregnant brain. (laughs) And, um, you know, eventually we did deliver her in May. She came home and, you know, I was a little bit more confident. I had some more ideas of how to take care of a baby. So it wasn't that bad. But the depression started to creep back. And I reached out. I got some help. I got some medication. And that medication does still help me to this day. But I still felt empty. There was still something wrong. I was doing all the things that the world told me to do. I was listening to meditations. I was exercising. I was trying to eat healthy, drink the water. They would say to say what you're grateful for at the end of the day. Take nice, long, deep breaths. I did all of that. And you know what? It does help for that minute. But once that's over, that's it. I was back on the anxiety train again or the depression train again. And this is not something I'm saying lightly. It is a real thing. And I acknowledge that a lot of people have a lot of issues with this that are even greater than mine. So I don't want to um, make light of that. But this was something that I couldn't shake. And it was really getting to me. And I didn't know what to do. So being locked down, at this point it was probably January 2021. I was getting a real push (laughs) to paint our kitchen. Now our kitchen was a very dark cherry wood color. And our tile floor is this very, very dark gray. I knew it would probably look better. And I was like, hey, I have to wait for the vaccine anyway. Might as well paint the kitchen. So I got all my supplies and I started painting. And at this point, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. That was the only way for me to kind of do something on my own while taking care of two babies. Um, Just kind of gave me something something for mom basically 
So at this point, I was listening to a lot of like crime stories. Um, and I was really fascinated with them, but they always left me feeling drained and just kind of like that depressed feeling again. But I couldn't stop listening to them. I was just so like fascinated with all these different stories. So that's what I would do when I started painting the kitchen. And probably midway through painting it, something told me, I know now it's the Holy Spirit, but something told me to open the Bible app, maybe listen to some sermons. You know, you haven't been to church in a while. There was one church down the street that we liked to go to before the pandemic hit. Maybe we listened to them. So that's what I started to do a little bit. The Version app has this like different plants. So, you know, I'd never had read the Bible fully, just a couple of, you know, really famous verses here and there I knew. There was the New Testament in 90 days. So I started to listen to that while painting and I listened to it in the message translation. And for some reason, that translation really, really got to me. I was literally changed from listening to that. I literally went from death to life painting that kitchen because I was listening to all these stories about people dying and being killed and no hope and humanity is ruined to Jesus is our savior. He wants us to follow him. And listening to that translation I actually got what the gospel was saying. And when I was a kid, I didn't. I didn't get it. It didn't make sense to me. I had all these questions, all of this doubt. I was the type of person that needed some evidence. And so while I was listening to it, I was also researching. And I was trying to find out, why should I listen to the Bible? What makes the Bible true? And I found all these things like, the Dead Sea Scrolls, and I've always been fascinated with history. So I took a deep dive on that point and going back to how it's translated from original Greek and Hebrew and Latin. Um, guys, I'm still very new at this, so like I don't, <laughs> I am a baby Christian, okay? So I just want to say that. But there was a lot of things I never knew. I was never taught. And that's what opened me up. So I started to really experience a change almost overnight. I don't know what verse this is, but something that really stuck out to me was so devastating for me to think about. There is a verse that talks about Jesus basically saying, I never knew you. And I'll probably look it up later. <laughs> but that thought of him saying that just broke me, broke me. How can I live my life in a way where he will never say that? And I really believe that there is, you know, once you're actually saved, like fully, fully, truly saved, you're, you know, you can't lose that basically. He has his hand on you. You are his. But even that thought of him saying, I never knew you broke my heart. And from that moment, that was a very pinnacle moment. I was completely devoted to learning, completely devoted to being his child. And I literally changed overnight. I 
my patience is so much higher. I have the peace. I have the peace that I was looking for my entire life. That's what it was. It was Jesus. And it's the most beautiful feeling you can ever feel. Having kids and stuff and having a wonderful husband is a beautiful thing. But having that peace from him surpasses everything. And I finally had it. Painting my kitchen, listening to the Bible app. That was it. It wasn't some crazy thing that this is, this is how he has me. I'm his now. My life is his. And now with this podcast, I have no business doing this podcast, by the way. I'm sitting in my closet. My microphone is on an Oral-B box. And I'm looking at a pair of my shoes. So I have no business doing this podcast. But here I am because I'll also tell you this. During this transition time, I was praying a lot. And I never really did that before. But I was actually praying. My daughter would wake up in the middle of the night. And I'd go to feed her, and I'd say, Lord, I'm here. If you guys tell me anything, now's a great time because it's quiet and I can hear you. Um, so this is what I heard. I heard Ephesians 2, 4 through 8. And I did not know what that was. And this was also something that I was kind of like almost testing him in a little bit. I was still pretty new. So I was still kind of like testing. Um, I know I shouldn't do that, but I was really like, I really needed confirmation that he was real, um, that this was real. And that was put on, put in my head basically. And I looked it up and I just, my mouth dropped. I will read to you what that says. Ephesians 2, 4 through 8. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. I read every translation of that verse. And I'm getting teary-eyed because I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know what Ephesians was. That was his confirmation to me. That was him saying, Kelly, this is it. You're mine. And it's nothing that you did. But my grace. So that verse is very special to me. I was truly, truly changed this past year. It was beautiful. I am kinder to everyone. I love my husband even more. I love my kids fiercely. I love strangers fiercely. And I was the one listening to true crime a few months ago, scared of everybody. I love everyone now. And it's because of him. I am truly, truly different. And this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. I'm trying to make a way for anyone. You don't have to start a podcast. I'm doing that. If you want to start a podcast, great. Let me know and I'll... (laughs) You can come on mine. But my goal is to have 
people like who I was a few months ago, listening to other people's testimonies, being truly touched by them, because that was also something that I was really listening to, was how someone can go from such a dark, dark, deep hole, way darker than mine, to becoming just a true follower. And there's so much confusion out there with how to be a Christian. I won't go into that right now, but there's a lot of confusion out there. And as a new Christian, I was really trying to get the meat of it. I was trying to get what the purpose was. So a couple of things that helped me out were testimonies, for sure. Tons of them. So that's why I'm making this podcast. And another thing was the Bible, of course. But having little pieces, hearing it in a way I could understand and really comprehend what it meant. And then actually getting rooted back into our church that we started going to because, listen, a few months ago, before all this happened, my husband challenged me. He was going to a men's group uh, via Zoom, and he was like, how's your salvation? (laughs) And I looked at him, and I was like, me and Jesus are good. (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. And I got mad at him because me and Jesus weren't good, and I knew it, and he like kind of triggered this whole thing too and I'm sorry I forgot to put that earlier but yeah he challenged me and I didn't like it but he's such a wonderful man so I'm really grateful for that we got rooted in this church and I absolutely love it I love the people I (laughs) I'm doing I'm teaching Sunday school which if you know five years ago you would have told me that (laughs) Hey, Kelly, you're going to be a stay-at-home mom and a Sunday school teacher. I would have laughed at you. No, I won't. This is the furthest, furthest picture of where I saw myself in five years. So that's what I'm doing. I love it. I, I get it. I'm in it. I get this. I'm, (laughs) this is so real. It's such a huge, deep down, soul-changing transformation I cannot explain it and it's so beautiful and I'm so thankful for it that's kind of where I'm at right now and as far as this podcast goes I wanted to also talk about its origin um like I mentioned earlier I shouldn't be doing this I have no business doing this podcast it was not my idea I was up one night again and being quiet just saying hey lord got anything you want me to do or anything else I should be doing you know I was involved with a couple other like little side hobby ministry type type of things and I'll open myself up to that and start a podcast was what I got I was like no nope not doing it I don't want to do any social media that stuff is so draining no and so I kind of let it go for a few weeks and it kept coming back like a really strong pull like hey our podcast so I was like okay what is the podcast supposed to be and it was like testimony just the word testimony came up um I'm not claiming to like like there's just so much stuff out there but this is my experience um but yeah testimony and I was like okay I was trying to figure out a title and then I was like no I'm not gonna do it I don't need to do this and then another, another like real slap in the face 
was um, this book club that a couple of my friends and I are doing. There's this chapter basically about like, do these things that you are being pushed to do. And don't worry about all the other negative things. Don't worry about like haters or comments because that was another fear of mine. It was like a slap in the slap in my face. You need to do this podcast. So after that little uh, conversation <laughs> with my friends, I even told them, I was like, yeah, this is a, this is kind of crazy, but I think I'm going to do something. And here I am. I am trying to dive deep into podcasting. I am trying to do all these things, but yeah, I have no business doing this, but I am trying to be a obedient daughter. I'm trying to listen and do as he asks because it's been told like, hey, check where these ideas are coming from. I'm not here to make money. I'm not here to um, build myself up. Oh no, I don't want that. I'm here to grow his kingdom. I'm here to glorify him, share my stories, and in turn, share your stories with other people that need to hear them and giving you an opportunity to do that. So this is a longer episode, but I really feel like in order for you to trust me to tell your testimony, you should hear mine too. So I'm so happy I'm here. (laughs) It's been a, a crazy journey, but I really hope that you enjoyed listening to it. Um, if you found any similarities to my story, I would love to hear them. I'm totally open to comments and DMs and emails on my Instagram. And I will leave all that information down below on how to be on the podcast. Um, I'm very new at this. So <laughs> anyone writing me, I will tell you like, hey, I'm new. I'm still figuring this out. Please be gracious with me as these episodes roll out I'm just following his will it is his will not mine with that thank you guys so so much for taking your time to listen to my testimony and I cannot wait to tell yours With this podcast, I also want to make sure that everyone listening hears the gospel. So if you're listening and you've heard the gospel, but you're not really sure what it means, you've grown up in church and you've heard it preached, but the words kind of just go in one ear and out the other, and you haven't really experienced a true change or have a heart for Jesus. So I want to give you a summary of what the gospel is. The gospel means good news. And yeah, it is definitely good news, and here's why. God created man in his image. He made us to worship and to be in full relationship with him. Everything he created was good. And then man sinned by disobeying God's command when Eve ate that fruit in Eden. Basically, they thought that they knew best and that they could figure out the rules for themselves and they could take it from here. If you have small children, do you notice how they disobey at such a young age? No one teaches them that. This rebellion is a part of that fall from Adam and Eve and it's basically a curse and God created us to have free will so unfortunately this is what they chose because God is so glorious 
perfect and just, he cannot have a full relationship with a sinner as he intended. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So hang on to this for a minute. I'm going to take you through why the Bible is so important and why it's the living word of God. Throughout the Old Testament, you will find that man is constantly sinning. God gave them rules and the Ten Commandments to live by. One of the ways they atoned for sins was to sacrifice a spotless lamb, but of course they would sin again and have to do this over and over again. God made sure that his commandments and rules would be followed by the Jewish people over time, and he preserved his words in the Jewish Torah over thousands of years. A few hundred years before Christ came, he let the prophets of the Old Testament know what he was going to do about the sin problem. They stated that God would send his son to save the world, and this was also preserved through time. Now, when Jesus came, there were many Jewish people that did not like what he was teaching. The religious leaders of this time, they did not have a heart for what he was trying to do. A lot of the people misinterpreted the prophet's message that the Messiah would free the Jewish people from oppression and specifically at that time the Roman Empire that was ruling over them. But that was not God's plan. His plan was for a Jew and non-Jewish people, also known as Gentiles, to be saved and to be a part of his kingdom. When Jesus was crucified, his last words before dismissing his spirit were, it is finished, meaning that he was fulfilling the prophecy that he would die. He would be the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, to take on God's wrath for sin for everyone that believes in him. He was fully God and fully man. He was always there throughout time. Basically, he took the punishment that we all deserve. Now, we have all sinned. Every single one of us. Nobody is perfect. Even as young children, we lie, we dishonor our parents, and that is still a sin in God's eyes. No one is exempt here. God took it upon himself to solve that problem, to let us be in a full relationship with him, and when we are in a full relationship with him, the gifts that he gives with that are so amazing. One of the things that Jesus said before he descended into heaven was that I am going to send a friend to you as promised. That friend is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a third person in the Trinity. He is there to remind us that we are never alone. He dwells within us. He guides us. He protects us. He gives us peace when we dwell with him. And if you look up the fruit of the Spirit, that will help you understand what he does. Most of the world has heard John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's kind of it in a nutshell. We're all sinners. God solved that problem by sending Jesus. And he requires us to trust and believe that he is the Messiah and to make it known to others and to walk with him for the rest of our days. And I promise he will never fail you. We also must turn from our sin or in other words, repent. We walk differently than how we were before knowing Christ. And these testimonies should show how amazing and freeing his grace is. One of the most beautiful things that I'm learning is that God's promise for full redemption of all creation. He promises that all believers will live with him as first intended in Eden. He will wipe away all sin forever, no more tears, a new heaven, and a new earth forever. And you can find this in Revelation 21. I hope this helps make sense of what the gospel is.
I encourage you to read the New Testament. Maybe use the Bible app if you don't have a physical Bible. But there are tons of resources there to help you understand. Please get in the Word. There are a lot of Christians out there that are self-proclaiming that they have not read the Bible. I was one of them. I never touched it. I didn't get it. Now I cannot get enough of it. Another thing that is so important to realize is that you cannot gain salvation by doing good works. We cannot earn our way to heaven. The reasons why Christians do good things is because we are saved, not to be saved. So if you're stuck in that thought that you have to constantly redeem yourself, Jesus died for that. He is the one that did it. So because you're saved, you want to do good things, not the other way around. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. Jesus also simplified things for us. Because there were so many rules, actually over 600 rules in the Jewish Torah, he simplified it with this. All of the commands are so simple. Love your Lord your God. Love other people as you do yourself. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope this encouraged you to get in your Bible. If you have not read it in a while, reach out to a church maybe and get plugged in. It is so important to walk with others in this journey. We are not meant to be alone in our walk with Christ. I also want to leave you on this note. When you're reading the Bible, think of this. The entire Bible from start to finish is about Jesus. Read it with that perspective and I promise it will change your life. Psalms 105.1 says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. I hope that these stories resonated with you. There is such a beautiful power in what Jesus can do in our lives. If you would like to share your testimony, you can email me at tellyourtestimonypod at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at tell me your testimony pod and reach out there if you enjoyed today's podcast all i ask is that you consider leaving a review as it helps the show get recommended to more people and of course i appreciate you sharing it with your friends as well thank you so much for being here and i'll be back to share more testimonies next week god bless